From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Chuck Quirmbach, filling in for Mayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, J.R. Welcome to the mid to late December edition of Capital Notes. Hey, thanks for having me. Governor Tony Evers has started public listening sessions on the state budget, and those might be substantial, they might be just for show, but what have you heard about any major initiatives in the budget that might be coming from him? Well, the agency requests that we saw um, in mid-September kind of give us a roadmap of where Evers is going. We know a focus is going to be spending on K-12 education. The Department of Public Instruction asked for some $2 billion plus just for kind of state aid for schools, about roughly $2.5 billion overall for that agency budget request in terms of additional dollars. We know his Department of Health Services is again proposing to expand Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. Uh, Republicans have rejected that in back-to-back budgets. There are, aren't really any signs they're going to accept it this time, but they're going to keep pressure on Republicans because that move would save the state roughly $1.5 billion in this upcoming budget. Also, it, it talked about one point about whether with all the money of laying around, and we're supposed to have about $6.6 billion uh, in terms of a surplus at the end of this fiscal year, June 30th. Revenue growth, another $1.5 billion in the two-year period. I asked him, does that mean you don't need any tax increases? And he said, no, there will probably be some in the budget. I'm assuming we're going to see similar stuff to what he's done before, trying to limit a tax break for manufacturers, trying to limit some exemptions for capital gains. The question is, what's he going to put in there in terms of policy? Will he again try to, for example, legalize marijuana uh, for recreational or municipal purposes through the budget? Um, things like that Republicans have rejected before, uh, even though they're you know quite popular with the public. Well, that's a pretty good list. Uh, let me also ask a couple other things. Uh, WUWM covered his session in Kenosha last week. Before I could say affordable housing, he brought it up to me as something he heard at that session. Does uh, help for affordable housing through WIDA or some other process uh, seem to be on his radar? Oh, yeah, and that's been something that's been talked about before. It's not just, um, obviously, people are struggling to make ends meet and with inflation and afford housing. It's also a workforce issue. It's easier to attract people to come here to work if they can find affordable housing. So I know there is a kind of a coalition of groups that don't really work together that are all pushing that same idea. So I'd be surprised to see some stuff like that in the budget. And, you know, Evers is going to propose his own tax cut. He's said that he'll do something similar to what he's done before, you know, a 10% reduction for the middle class. Uh, the question is going to be, everybody wants to cut taxes, it seems like. What tax are they going to cut and how are they going to cut it? Okay, there's also some additional calls for spending in the criminal justice area. I mean, we still have 20,000 people in state prisons. What might the governor uh, propose to sort of walk the line, if you will, politically between crime prevention, uh, helping those about to get released, get training or education, and, of course, the public concern about homicides? What's sort of his middle ground? We know he's going to push to increase shared revenue, which is state aid to local governments. And the push is going to be that this helps them cover costs for law enforcement. That's a, a public safety issue. You know, it's going to be interesting policy-wise. The governor came into office kind of wanting to reduce the state's prison population. We have a higher incarceration rate than many other places, a very high incarceration rate for black men than other places. And he talked about those disparities and wanted to reduce that. Well, you look at our prison system, places like Green Bay, for example, 
there is a, a very, very, very old prison up there. I think it was in operation late 1800s. There have been calls to basically tear down that prison and build a new one. The challenge for Evers is it probably makes more sense to build a new prison because you make one that would be you know, more up to modern standards. It could be more easily staffed with fewer people because it would be up to kind of current specs. But what message do you send if you build a new prison when you're trying to reduce the prison population? It's going to be a challenge for Evers, and I expect to see Republican lawmakers, especially from the Green Bay area, pushing to see a new prison built up there. Well, of course, speaking of the Republicans, and as you mentioned a minute ago, they're still pushing full steam for some sort of tax cut. Is that still the uh, battle cry, if you will? Yes. Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, has talked about, you know, some $3 billion in tax cuts being the floor and wanting substantially more than that. Devin Lemmy, who the Senate Majority Leader has talked about reducing the upper tax brackets. He wants to go more toward a flat tax. He's floated the idea of, I think, about 3.4%, which is currently below the lowest of the four tax brackets we have. The challenge is going to be that Governor Evers has got no interest in lowering that top tax bracket, which is 7.65%. Uh, that kicks in for income around roughly $370,000 for married filers filing jointly. Uh, and that would obviously benefit disproportionately those who are better off. That is not the path that Evers wants to go down in terms of our tax code. Now, Republicans will argue that there is a benefit to reducing that upper limit because there are a number of businesses that are LLCs that file their business taxes essentially as their individual income taxes. So you're talking about that tax really hitting businesses. They will argue it's good for our competitiveness, uh, that other states around us are going to flat taxes, that we should be doing something like that to stay competitive. But I just don't get the impression that Evers is interested in a significant reduction of that top tax bracket at this point. Can they find some kind of compromise where we're going to end up in a budget standoff? So let's move to a little segment I call state lawmakers who would rather have new jobs. Uh, that includes Menominee Falls Republican Janelle Branchin, of course, running for the uh, vacant state Senate seat uh, in Milwaukee and other uh, nearby counties. She had some bad news uh, from Robin Voss last week. Is that right? Yeah, we all knew it was coming, uh, but she was uh, removed as chair of the Campaign and Elections Committee. Uh, look, you know, she's fallen out of favor with Robin Voss over a number of issues, not the least of which is backing his primary opponent uh, this past summer. She also has run afoul of her fellow colleagues in the Assembly GOP caucus. They voted to bar her from closed caucus going forward, saying they can't trust her anymore. So, you know, she's got um, kind of a limited uh, capacity to advocate for her causes in the Assembly. So it makes sense that she's interested in running for the state Senate in a special election. It's a free shot. If she doesn't come through, you know, it doesn't lose her Assembly seat. It's an opportunity to run in a Republican-leaning seat uh, in a special election. Now, there are now five people in the GOP field for that race. I'll be interested to watch how that plays out and how we talk about lanes in politics, you know, what lane you have in terms of supporters. Janelle has been a big backer of President Trump and the various falsehoods he's pushed about the 2020 election in Wisconsin. Does that create a lane for her that she's going to have the Trump voters behind her? Van Mobley, uh, who is the themes of a village president, also in the primary um, he was one of the first public officials in Wisconsin to endorse Trump. Might former President Trump remember that and stay out of the race? Will he endorse anybody? Dan Canodal is a state representative in that district. He's, you know, got a, a core of supporters from his assembly races. Randy Hopper, a former state senator from the Fond du Lac years, recalled in 2011. He has since relocated to uh, River Hills, that area, as part of the Senate seat. He's running. You know, they, they've all going to have a lane. The question is, what resources will they have to spread the word about them? And 
what Wayne might carry somebody to the, the nomination. Because with five people in the race, you know, 25%, 30%, that could win you the nomination. Okay, on the Democratic side, uh, State Representative of Milwaukee, Evan Goyke, uh, running for city attorney. Uh, what's going on there? Look, both Evan Goyke running for city attorney, uh, Lena Taylor running for municipal judge in Milwaukee, life in the minority is not a lot of fun. I mean, it's a deep minority. You can't get your bills passed unless you get a Republican to kind of take it over. You are basically playing defense constantly. You're talking about jobs that you get a significant pay increase. You don't have to travel to Madison every day for work. And, you know, there are more things you can do in an office like that than you can when you are in the minority in the legislature. So there's an obvious attraction. They're not the first ones to go uh, look at running for local office. Eric Genrick, the mayor of Green Bay, Corey Mason, the Green Bay of, or the, the mayor of Racine. They're both former members of the assembly who decided that it was grass was greener elsewhere. It's just kind of a fact of life in the legislature. Without new maps, with the lines as they are currently are, it's going to be tough to get out of those deep minorities, and there are attractive opportunities elsewhere to do other things. Okay, and one more quickly. The Milwaukee County Board okays an advisory referendum for April on the issue of abortion. Is there an impact on the good old state Supreme Court race, or what else uh, might be happening with that advisory referendum? Possibly, but abortion, I can almost guarantee, will be an issue at Supreme Court race no matter what. I mean, we expect, just looking at what happened in November with the way abortion was a driving issue for Democrats, that it'll be uh, discussed heavily in the 8th Senate District. In the Supreme Court race, it motivates voters. Um, It's going to be an issue. So the referendum may help get more interest about that, but I can pretty much guarantee you it'll be talked about by the candidates in the ads that you see this spring otherwise, uh, just because it's a a big driving force in politics right now. Well, thanks, J.R. Once again, appreciate it. Anytime. That was J.R. Ross of wispolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Chuck Quirmbach. Listen for our segments every Monday and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.